world's most exciting podcast, The Savage Nation, home of borders, language, culture. Here he is, Michael Savage. This is Michael Savage, and today's topic is, would God be a conservative, meaning a communist? No, that's not what the question is. What did I ask you? Would God be a communist or a capitalist? And I'm going to explain to you the difference between Leninism and Marxism, because there's so much ignorance out there right now. Excuse me one minute. I've got to adjust my lighting. One of the joys of working alone is that I don't have to listen to anybody because my brain gets rattled by people's words. I'm a very fine tuning fork in here. And I'm usually thinking 24 seven, even when I'm sleeping, I'm dreaming about thoughts that have meaning to me and to the world. I mean, not all the time, don't get me wrong. I can be just as trivial as the most trivial person. And I can be just as much a wastrel as the most wasted person. I understand all of those things. But by and large, I've had a very productive life so far. I've written so many books and so many things have been achieved. But I'm not finished yet. As I lay dying, the nurse said to me, the African nurse, you're not finished. God is not finished with you yet. Savage. Michael Savage, a host like no other. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Middle East on the brink, North Korea on the brink, Iran increasing its aggression, elections in Taiwan. Look, there's a lot of global instability as we ourselves plunge into primary season. How have you sheltered your savings and investments from potential major setbacks to the economy? You think it can happen here? It can happen here, but it's not too late to diversify an old IRA or 401k into gold. And Birch Gold Group can help you with that. Birch Gold is the only gold company I trust. As opposed to many other investments, gold thrives in times of uncertainty. It is an important part of diversifying your savings. Now listen, here's how Birch Gold can help make it a part of yours. Birch Gold will help you convert an existing IRA or 401k into a tax sheltered IRA in gold and it doesn't cost you a penny out of pocket you want to learn more just text savage to 989898 for a free info kit s-a-v-a-g-e text it to 989898 and you get a free info kit it costs you nothing just text savage to 989898 
1.98. With an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau, countless five-star reviews, and thousands of happy customers, I encourage you to arm yourself with the knowledge of diversification through precious metals. Protect yourself. Text SAVAGE to 989898 and claim your free info kit. Protect your savings with gold. Do it now. Text SAVAGE to 989898. Thank you very much. Birch Gold is the only gold company I trust. Text SAVAGE to 989-898. So here I am again, and I want to touch on a most important question, which is what's going on in our world? How have we seen this world collapse so rapidly under Biden, who is the most deceptive, deceptive, dangerous president in the history of this nation? He's done more damage to this country than all of the foreign enemies combined. In terms of fundamentally undermining the pillars of our society, there's been nobody worse than Joe Biden. And that is because he believes in nothing. He's a Machiavellian con man who has stood for nothing his entire life, which is why you could see positions of his going back on both sides of every issue. He's gone whichever way the wind blew. He was a man for all seasons, but he's not a man for this season because this season is a season of terrible times ahead. So it's, you know, a, a God talk piece. My new book, uh, I hope you've gotten the book. And if you have, I look at your comments. I haven't done a whole show on it. The holidays are coming up just around the corner and people will be in your houses. What did I want to show you? Something I don't even have a copy in my hands. <laughs> Would you believe it? Here I am talking about God and I wanted to discuss my book for a minute. And I don't even have a copy. It shows you what a great promoter I am. I'm way past the point of promoting. I'm at the point of appealing. I'm appealing to God. I hope God accepts my appeals. I think most of our lives are a worship in a way. If we're conscious beings, most of our lives are an attempt to appease or appeal to God to not punish us in this world and the worlds to come. Go write that one down. It's not bad. You think about it, almost every one of your acts that are good, you're doing it because you're a good person, but you've been taught to be a good person because your parents or your teachers were good people who taught you the right way from the wrong way, that there was good and there was evil. You know, the other day I was on a supermarket line waiting to check out in a Safeway, and there was this a clerk who was checking us out, a big black guy with a lot of tattoos all over his arms. He was a huge man very friendly to everyone. And I knew he had had trouble in his life. You could just read it. I mean, if you know people and his packer, the guy who was packing the bags was a, um, an individual who you call emotionally challenged or something. I don't, the special needs person. Okay. And the special needs person was screwing up the line and making mistakes, but he didn't lose his temper. And I didn't either. Normally I'm a very intemperate person. I don't like waiting for things. I didn't say anything because of my silent brother. I, mean, I have tremendous compassion for people who uh, were born with defects, unless they're harming me or harming the society. That's a different story. But he's just a kid who was born, you know, with some deficits and he was screwing up the packaging. And then um, the cashier sent them out to get something. And he turned to me and he said something to the effect, he's a special needs guy. Basically, I apologize. I said, no, you don't have to. So I'd say, blah, blah, blah. One word led to the other, and I said to him, you know, look, I could see that um, 
you've been through hell in your life. And he looked at me, of course, you know, not too many people talk to a clerk in a supermarket, nor do they look into the other person's eyes when they're checking out their groceries. And we talked and he said, yeah, he said, I made mistakes in my life. I never want to make them again. I said, listen, brother, we all make mistakes. Some of us get caught and some of us don't. And, you know, I saw a little wry smile appear on his face. That's all. What I'm saying is, you know, no one's perfect in plain English. So if I criticize people sometimes too harshly, let us say that's my deficit. So forgive me for that. So this is God talk on an early Sunday morning out here on the West Coast. It's very early. I have a number of chores to do. It's a big Thanksgiving weekend. Family and friends are coming in which are very unusual for me because I lead a very isolated life. And it's a challenge to be around people who you love because you have to readjust to the people as much as you may love them. You know that what's coming on Thanksgiving. Everybody knows the same thing. We have to put on theater. It's almost a theater of the absurd family. It's almost a false family gathering. It's sort of a conveyor belt holiday. <laughs> Someone put it to me that way. Conveyor belt holiday. It's like a conveyor belt holiday. You know, there was a time, remember, I used to make a turkey and go on the radio. The same day I was making a turkey, I'd run up to the oven and back to the microphone in one of my houses. I love those days. Those days are long gone. Now I'm like the guy in that uh, movie I used to talk about. Oh, was that? <laughs> a great movie. It starts out with this busy immigrant Jewish family in Baltimore. And there's like 50 people in the house all talking and, you know, blah, blah, blah. All of, everyone's there. And as the years go on, things occur. Some die off, some move off. Then they get mad at each other. They don't show up. In the end, the patriarch of the family is alone in the house, eating a turkey dinner on a TV tray, watching television alone. That was such a symbol of what was coming in America. I forget the name of the movie. Um, Avalon, Avalon, great movie. One of his, but he did Diner. I forget his name, the director. Pretty good director. His son turned out to be a complete loser. His son produced that junkie film called Euphoria, on HBO called Euphoria, reflecting, I guess, his own junkie life. But the father was a great director. I forget his name, Sam's. I don't remember his name, but he's a great director, whatever. People screw up. I mean, if you grew up and your father's a famous director in Hollywood, how could you not be a junkie? Luckily for my children, I wasn't famous when I was growing up. <laughs> you know, thank God I struggled. Thank God. God had me struggling when I was young. So the kids saw me struggling and working and trying very hard. They, they didn't grow up with a degenerate, you know, go do what you want. You know, don't do anything I wouldn't do. Just don't get caught. You know, that was the ethos of Hollywood. That was the ethos of Marin County, Westchester County. All of these, quote, you know, elite societies. Hey, go use that marijuana. Just don't do anything. I don't go have fun. Don't do anything I wouldn't do. <laughs> I know those parents, their children all wound up as wastrels and bums and losers. You don't have to look any further than Pacific Heights. Some of the leading families of San Francisco are filled with the most depressing junkies, whores, degenerates you've ever seen. The children never amounted to squat. Don't do anything I wouldn't do. <laughs> all their mansions and all of their chandeliers and all their crystals. 
I remember my father. I'm rambling now. Now I'm starting to go off topic. I wanted to talk about is God a capitalist or conservative? Uh, would capitalist or communist? And I'll get to that. I swear I would. I promise. Maybe I shouldn't do that today. Levinson, thank you. That's good. Barry Levinson. See, I love. I lo he was a direct director. And see, people respond. I have a different audience. I look on YouTube channels. People have 1.5 million, 1.4 million, 1.9 million, 12 million followers. I have like 38,000. So hit the like button. So I'll have 38,001. I don't know the magic of building algorithms. I don't understand it. Nor does it matter. Because in the end, what matters is the truth and my ability to express what I believe to be the truth so that I can clear my heart and perhaps help you elucidate what you're thinking. I remember many years ago when I was on the radio, when I told you that the French poet Malamé said that the purpose of the writer or the poet in his case was to make more clear the words of the tribe. I'll never forget those words. I learned it. I'm very, very fortunate. I went to a city college, Queens College of the city, city University of New York, when it still mattered. It was a great university for working. I love the word working class. We were working class, meaning somewhat poor kids. And we couldn't afford to go to, quote, out of town colleges where we would learn to use better drugs and have more sex with our uh, fraternity brothers. Now, we didn't get to do that. We, we schlepped in the slush on the Q44A to Queens College, or if we were lucky enough, we bought a car that broke down. Now I'll start talking about the car I had that broke down which is actually not a bad story to talk about. I'm in the mood. You know, it's holiday time. I, I may as well go and do it. This could be a wind up a two hour one. Savage. The Savage Nation. It's Savage On Demand. So I had a car. It was it was a, a Chrysler New Yorker. I don't know, 56. With, it had a big block engine. And if if you're a car nut, you know that those engines were very coveted. The New Yorker has had a standard Chrysler big engine on the big block, a Hemi engine. They were Hemi engines. And the, 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 the kids, the guys, they were usually the tough kids, the fighters, the beater uppers. They loved those engines because they would put, I don't know, soup them up, put two carburetors on them. Because Chrysler themselves put out the 300 series with that engine. The Hemi engines are still very coveted, coveted for drag racing, I think. So long story short, I have this Chrysler New Yorker used. I bought it used. And one night I'm driving after a date. I don't know. I do remember exactly what happened. Exactly. I know what happened. Um, oh, God, that's such a long time ago. I had just had sex with a uh, Playboy bunny. I swear to God, I was a kid. I was a good looking boy. 18, something like that. And, you know, she liked young guys and she picked me. You know how guys are. I, I thought I was in heaven. So I was driving home from the interlude with this Playboy bunny. I don't even remember her name. She was a nice person. It wasn't like wild gymnastic sex. It was just lovemaking. And, but, you know, your, your head's like in, in the clouds. Like, wow, that was amazing. Look at that. And my mind wasn't on the wheel and the road. My mind was on something else. And I got side. I mean, I got hit from, what do you call it? Hit from the side. I'm in the car. Bang. Like an explosion through an intersection. Somewhere near Utopia Parkway on 73rd Avenue, where we lived in this attached house, uh, this brick house right out of a 1950s uh, Borstal Boys movie. The car was a freaking wreck. And I was like, oh, God, all over the street pieces. And so I had a tote home to the front of the house. 
and on Utopia Parkway. And I didn't know what to do with the wreck. So I advertised it for sale. And sure enough, this really rough looking kid came over to buy it. And I sold it to him at a reasonable price. And we talked and he bought it for the engine, the Hemi engine. So that's my car story. But let me get back <laughs> to God talk. And before I get distracted from God talk, I want to talk about re religion and the Pope. Because there's no question in my mind that today's Pope is a, is a communist. La misión desenfrenada de dinero. An unfettered pursuit of money rules. That is the dung of the devil. Saying unbridled capitalism is the dung of the devil. you got to remember that the Pope, and I don't mean to criticize the Catholic Church at all, and there have been great popes, and there have been, but any Catholic knows this, that the Pope is not the Church. The Pope is the head of the Church, but he's not the Church, and we all know how corrupt humans can be. Religion is not corrupt. Man is corrupt. Man corrupts religion. You see, get it clear in your head. So when you say religion is corrupt, you have it wrong. Man is corrupt and, and can corrupt religions. So there have been great popes and there have been great rabbis. There have been corrupt popes and corrupt rabbis, just to make it very clear. We don't have to and now add to it, you know, that there are also fine uh, Islam, Islamic preachers and bad ones. I don't know the fine ones. I'd like to find a few. Right now, I only know the Wahhabists who preach kill everybody. But uh, I want to talk about, quickly, politicizing the papacy and Hitler's pope. And, and, and that's because, as part of their ongoing war on religion, I'm referring to my own books now. And again, if you want to read any of this stuff, some of it's in this greatest book of all time, A Savage Republic, which I can almost assure you will be my last political book for three reasons. One, I don't want to write anymore. I didn't want to write this one. But I was asked by my last publisher, who did all my bestsellers, to please write one book that combines all of my ideas in one. What is language culture? A, a synopsis of it all. And I started it for her, and then it was going to be published by another publisher, and then they dropped it. And then I found the current publisher who picked it up, Bombardier Books. And it's, it's a slim book. It's slimmer than the others, which just makes it much better. But it says it all. Inside the Plot to Destroy America. And some of the ideas that you're going to hear today are in this book and some are not. And I don't really want to quote from it, but there's a chapter that I will quote from the communist plot. Nationalists versus socialists. No such thing as democratic socialism. Just ask Mao. The, the Quaffered Commie. The Quaffered Commie. Liberals, libertarians, and conservatives, the next nationalist leader. It's an important chapter that you can learn from and share with people. So let me clear the air with my temple gong. You know, this is said to clear the air in Buddhist temples. This is an authentic Tibetan item from my antique days. Probably deafening. Okay, I'm clearing the air to make, that was a transitional sound. Well, they're beautiful, actually. I have so many beautiful items. Look how beautifully made these things are. I don't even know what metal they're made from. Probably some sort of bronze. It's some amalga amalgamation of some beautiful metalwork. They're Tibetan. No, they're silver, probably silver and bronze. The sound is perfect. 
So th this is also part of religion, but not to lose focus. I wanted to talk about religion today because many of the young people are so stupid that they actually think that Osama bin Laden was a hero. Now, these are the people who never should have gone to college at all. They should have remained cleaning toilet bowls. But now they're running whole departments. Oh, yeah, my day they would clean toilet bowls. Now they're running the entire departments and universities or they're mayors of cities that are crumbling. So as part of their ongoing war on religion, leftists regularly attacked the pope. See, I want to start by saying there were great popes before I talk about this pope. One of their favorite smears, by the way, is to call the pope a Nazi, a tactic they used most recently against Pope Benedict XVI. Pope Benedict saved more Jews than you can imagine. And in fact, there's a forest in his name in Israel. But that did not stop the American left from attacking Benedict XVI at all. Not the first time in the history that they ran the Pope as a Nazi campaign. In fact, there was a book in 1999 by John Cornwell where they elaborates on a charge made previously against Pope Pius XII in Rolf Hochut's 1963 play, The Deputy. Both claim Pope Pius XII helped the Nazis because as Cardinal Secretary of State of the Church, he signed the Reichskonkordat. The Reichskonkordat, the Reichskonkordat was an agreement with the German government stipulating that clergy would refrain from certain political activity in exchange for guarantees of the Catholic Church's rights. This, the anti-church vermin argue, helped legitimize, legitimize the Nazi regime and stifle criticism against it. Now, the agreement was not signed by Hitler and doesn't even mention the Nazi party. Forget that Pope Pius actually saved many Jews from the Holocaust, was called a mouthpiece of Jewish war criminals by the Nazis themselves, and was mourned as a hero by Jews all over the world upon his death in 1958. These are all facts. Even the, the author of that fallacious book, Cornwell himself, largely backed away from the allegations against Pope Pius in his own book. But leftists are not interested in the facts. Look what they're doing to Musk today. Look what Media Matters who has attacked me ever since I began in radio, funded by the most evil devil on the planet, George Soros. Look what Media Matters tried to do to Musk. Look how they almost destroyed Twitter. They won't destroy him because he's filing a lawsuit this week, and I hope he buries them. I hope they wind up in prison for what these scum are. And you know the word vermin has a meaning? There are human beings who are like vermin. Media Matters for America are actual living vermin. But leftists are not interested in facts. They smear people. That's all they do. They're interested in their agenda. And the Pope is a Nazi fits their agenda. When he is a conservative, they make him into a Nazi. The Pope and his influence over billions of Catholics stands in the way of their plans for a godless socialist world order. So in addition to attacking religion in every public space, the left attack the Pope when doing so meets their needs. Notice there's no attacks on this Pope. Enter Lenin's Pope. Lenin's Pope. <laughs> Lenin's Pope is the bouncer in the White House. This Pope, in my opinion, is not a spiritual leader. He is a political operative.
which is why he's loved by the communists, the Marxists, the Leninists on the left. Handpicked for his office the way the French president, Francois Holland, was picked, and the way our own dear leader, Obama, was picked, and so Biden was picked as a continuance of Obama's destructive policies. This would not be the first time that the Vatican has been occupied by a political leader rather than a spiritual leader. The papacy is 2,000 years old. It has had good periods and bad periods, as has any long-standing institution run by imperfect human beings. There were popes who were honest, wise, and deeply spiritual, and others who were morons, scoundrels, or worse. There were times when the papacy was the spiritual center of the Catholic faith and times when it was little more than a political office, complete with rule over large areas of land and armies commanded by the Pope to enforce that rule. Are you learning something now? Because you're in you're in Savage's university right now. Savage. The Savage Nation. It's savage, uncut, unfiltered, and raw. You know, I got to do another digression. I am very fortunate that I went to Queens College at the City University of New York because we were too poor for me to go to a, quote, out-of-town school, a private school. And the university, uh, Queens College at the time, based its entire curriculum on the 100 books that was used by the great University of Chicago. At the time, University of Chicago was one of the greatest universities in the world. And they had a syllabus based upon the 100 great books. Today, the 100 great books no longer exist would be Mary has three girlfriends or Johnny has three boyfriends or Jenny has a turkey baster and a husband named uh, Millie. The universities have been decimated by the vermin who have also decimated the churches and the synagogues by and large, except for the most conservative elements of Christianity and of Judaism. Religion is fundamentally dead in America. They are arms of the communist movement. Now, Ted Cruz is allegedly a, a smart man, but, you know, anyone who went to Harvard, I don't consider that smart. If you think about that, I was thinking about in bed last night. Why did everyone think Ted Cruz was so smart? He puts out a book called Marxism, cultural Marxism, like he's a genius. It's not about Marxism. They got it wrong. I studied communism since I'm 18 years old. Did you read all of Marx? Did you read all of Lenin? Did you read all of Trotsky? Did you read all of the other Bolsheviks? I did from the time I was 18 years old. I understand the differences and they're very important differences. It's not cultural Marxism, it's Leninism that we are living through. With a strong tinge of Maoism, and we're moving into Maoism, by the way. Just what happened in Maoist China is happening here in America. Ask the ladies who have tried to preach this in this country, who escaped Mao's China and came to America. But I've covered that before. And yes, you can buy your way into Harvard Law, and they're not that smart. The only person I know who went to Harvard Law who was really great was my ex-father-in-law, who's since passed away. He was a farm boy from Indiana, and he worked very hard. His father, his name was Charles Roll, by the way. I'll give him a name. 
He's he's deceased. He was a Navy hero, World War II. And he uh, went from the farm in Indiana to Indiana State University to Harvard Law School and came out and had to go into the into the Navy. And he commanded. He was a gunner on a gunnery officer on a ship in the Mediterranean. And he saw young boys that he was commanding to fire their guns at oncoming planes disappear in front of his eyes as they were hit by artillery, uh, by large 20 millimeter shells or whatever, 50 cals from the enemy planes. And the men would disintegrate or they had a bomb dropped on a deck and he'd look over and the boys were gone and it drove them nuts. I mean, he went, it blew him apart. You talk about PTSD, but he came out and had a wonderful life afterwards. Just eight months after taking office, Pope Francis published Evangelii, 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 yeah, Gaudium. Let's see if my Latin is still correct from the botanical days. And there's two eyes on the end. It's Evangelii, right? Evangelii Gaudium. An apostolic exhortation in which he makes the same spurious criticisms of capitalism that Lenin used to lead the Bolshevik Revolution. I'm talking about Pope Francis. You're wrong now? Or am I wrong now? No, I'm right now. Let me give you one example of what Francis wrote, Lenin's Pope. We can no longer trust in the unseen forces and the invisible hand of the market. This is your Pope now, the global warmest who flies in a papal jet. Growth and justice requires more than economic growth. While presupposing such growth, it requires decisions, programs, mechanisms, and processes specifically geared to a better distribution of income, the creation of sources of employment. How many jobs has the Pope created? And an integral promotion of the poor, which goes beyond a simple welfare mentality. So the Pope, through Catholic charities, is flooding America with complete and total parasites on our borders, by the way. They're the ones destroying the country, Catholic charities, along with other fake religious front groups. They're the ones bringing in these welfare recipients who are not working. 90% of them don't work. The left always talks about the free market as if it were being run by someone and income was being distributed. That's counterintuitive. By definition, a free market does not run according to a plan and no one decides how income is distributed. Each individual decides whether to buy or sell at what price and at what quantity. They aren't told what to do by anyone. That's why they call it free, free market. You know, that paragraph is probably the most important paragraph you can read to your daughter, who probably went to college and came home a lesbian and a communist and a Jew hater, even if she's Jewish. This pope doesn't believe freedom works. He wants decisions, programs, mechanisms, and processes to be imposed on people. He wants income redistributed, meaning forcibly taken from some people and arbitrarily, arbitrarily handed over to others, which is exactly what they are doing with the illegal immigrants. They're redistributing your wealth to these parasites, to the illegal aliens. Now, this is just what Lenin did after the 1917 revolution in Russia. That's why I'm trying to tell you that this stupidity called Marxism, Ted Cruz, the genius from Harvard Law, Marxism, Marxism. This is what Lenin did after the 1917 revolution in Russia. Lenin implemented decisions, programs, mechanisms, and processes based on Karl Marx's Marxism from each according to his ability, 
to each according to his need. Now, guess how that worked out? How did that work out? Things got so bad in Russia that Lenin was in danger of being deposed by 1921. The Soviet Union survived only because Lenin's new economic policy restored some semblance of a market economy. The same way a market economy was restored somewhat in Vietnam, even though they're still a communist nation. The same way a market economy was restored in China, even though they're still a communist nation. See what I'm saying? Lenin, the Soviets, the Vietnamese, and the Chinese all learned the hard way that communism doesn't work. They all abandoned it on their own after suffering, mis suffering miserably trying to make it work. China might be less communist economically today than the United States. In some ways, China is the most capitalist society on earth. The United States does not have a completely capitalist system. The free market has been continually altered since the progressive assault on it began over 100 years ago. We have a mixed economy like Europe. Although the United States has more capitalism and socialism in the mix, at least for now. But politicians still interfere with the peaceful exchanges of property that would occur without interference in a free market. Too often, voters choose politicians based on how much of other people's money they are going to get or what industries are going to get subsidies or favors. China's system is very similar. I don't want to read any more to you right now. I think you got the drift. Even Vladimir Putin admits that communism was a mistake. He reminded President Obama at the time about the horrors of communism at Davos back in 2009. That was Putin in an attempt to dissuade Obama from pursuing his $800 billion disaster of a mortgage bailout. We're way past that. In the 20th century, the Soviet Union made the state's role absolute, said Putin. In the long run, this made the Soviet economy totally uncompetitive. This lesson cost us dearly, said Putin. I am sure nobody wants to see it repeated, said Putin. Isn't that something? I guess Biden never read that because Biden's trying to make the state's role absolute and make the American economy totally uncompetitive. You get it? Apparently, Pope Francis does not want to see it repeated. Not only is he advocating thoroughly discredited socialist theories, he's completely misinformed on the economic conditions he says he wants to improve. He mentions inequality 11 times in his apostolic exhortation, calling it the root of all social ills. Can you believe this? And saying it is increasingly evident. He says the need to resolve the structural causes of poverty cannot be delayed. He's a, a Leninist, a communist. Savage. Home of Borders, Language, Culture, The Savage Nation. I'm trying to explain something to you. I'm not saying the Pope is evil. He probably believes the things he says just as millions of leftist voters do. Why wouldn't he? Pope Francis was born and raised in socialist South America. He was immersed in anti-capitalist thinking his entire life. He probably believes in socialism as much as American businessmen believe in free enterprise. I can go on and give you some more details. I think I've made my point. But we're living in a very dangerous time because people don't read anymore. They don't think anymore. Someone's saying, I believe that your books are going to be banned as hate. They are banned. Did you know that my book, Liberalism as a Mental Disorder, was banned in 2009? in Europe as a, a book of hate. 
It couldn't be sold in Europe. Liberalism is a mental disorder. Did you know I'm the only American media figure still banned for entering England? I don't talk about it. I'm the only American not allowed to, I'm the only American member of the media not allowed to enter England because of things I wrote and said and things I allegedly wrote and said that I didn't write and say. And that was because, as I can tell, Hillary Clinton colluded with the then secretary of something in England to ban me from England. I was put on a list with the murderers and killers while Muslims were allowed to come in and say, destroy the West, kill the king, whatever, overthrow the king, whatever. They're still in England. I can't go there and enjoy uh, their great cuisine and their great, uh, great dental work. I, mean, I would have been there for the dental work and for the cuisine of England were, were, were it not for my banning. So I've given you a little bit on uh, what's going on now in the Pope. The Pope does not hold a degree in economics. The Pope never ran a business. On economics, he's less qualified than most Catholics who at least work in a private sector and understand the realities of the business world. Pope has a few years experience as a chemical engineer, a janitor, and a bouncer in a bar. These are all honest professions, but they hardly qualify him to opine on complex economic subjects. Unfortunately, millions of Catholics believe they have to agree with him on economics, even though he knows less about it than they do. The church dogma of papal infallibility helps bolster this misconception. Many well-meaning Catholics believe they have to agree with the Pope on everything because they're taught he's infallible. Well, Catholic listeners, and I have most of my listeners are Catholic and evangelical Christians, by the way, with a very small number of Jews and not liberal Jews at that. I found out only the other day. Did you see the convocation of very uh, uh, of Hasidic Jews about a week or so ago, 11 to 12,000 rabbis, the real McCoy? The black frocks, the long beards, they met in Crown Heights at 777 Eastern Parkway. And I had a journalist, a very famous journalist from Breitbart, tell me he had been there and he could not believe what he heard. He said, do you know how famous you are amongst the Orthodox Chabadniks? I said, no, I have no idea. I work alone in my own world. He said, they, they revere you. They love you. I said, but I'm not a religious man. He said, they accept you for what you are. They know that you're a teacher of God's word. They love you because you're, they call you a bridge between God and man. I said, I didn't know that. I said, I didn't know that. So I think I made my point on zero religion and how this Pope is so dangerous and how he was in cahoots with Obama and how the Pope attacks free speech and how the Pope uh, promoted junk science. If you only knew the truth of all of this, page upon page, the climate change scam promoted by the Pope is a scam, it's a big money scam. The immigration scam, big money scam for the church. It's unbelievable if you ever knew how much money was involved in this immigration racket. And it could all be found again, yes, in my Bible, a savage republic. People are arriving in boats on the UK shores every day, and you're still banned. How crazy is that? The scum of the earth is arriving from all over the world into England to live on welfare, and I'm not allowed to go there. Can you believe it? I wouldn't go there anyway right now. I don't do much traveling. Maybe I'll go to Florida once in a while. I don't even like going to Florida. You know, I'm one of those, I'm kind of an old world type. 
I don't like going anywhere. I mean, why do I want to go anywhere? Look what I have in my own world. I remember once when I was struggling, when the children were young and I couldn't get, no matter what I did, earn my doctorate. I had two master's degrees and they wouldn't hire me because I was the wrong race. And uh, the skin color was wrong and the wrong sexual orientation. So they didn't hire me. 200 colleges rejected me, even though I had a straight A. Uh, and I earned my PhD in 2.5 years while working, while writing books, while raising a family. They wouldn't hire me. I was going crazy. I didn't know which way to turn. But I remember going out. I lived in an isolated valley in Marin County. Oh, what hell that was. My God. It's like a town without pity. I remember going out on my deck one day or one night and putting on my prayer shawl, the talus. I have a loud voice. God gave me a couple of good things, a very deep voice and a very sharp, fast mind, and they're connected. Some have loud voices and nothing up here. Some have a lot up here and, and their, body, their bodies have no energy. Some are blessed with both. I remember going out and putting on the prayer shawl and yelling out across the valley to God. I begged him. I actually begged God. I prayed to God. I put the shawl and I let out a gashai. You know what that means? A scream. And I screamed to God and it resonated back and forth across the valley. I don't know exactly what I said. Maybe I'll make a prayer right now on this YouTube channel like I did in that valley. But then it would be faking it. I'm not into it. I remember begging him to just give me a living. I said, God, please. I've worked so hard. I'm a decent person, full of flaws. Give me a living. Let me make a living. And lo and behold, that's how my radio career began shortly thereafter. You say prayer doesn't work. That's your problem. I have a book I've got to show you. It's been sitting on my desk for a while. Where is it? I can't find it. You know, when I want to find something, I can't find it. And when I don't want to find something, I can find it. But I have to find this book. If I can't find it. If not, well, I can't. Well, I'll find it after the broadcast. I have to find it. I don't know what I did with it. I have a hundred books on my table and pages and notes. And this little book is about a man who suffered in the Soviet Gulag Archipelago, a rabbi, and he survived it. If he could survive that, you could survive a, a, a Biden. Okay. Where is this little thing? Well, I can't find it. I don't have it. To have and have not. To have and have not. There's so many things I want to read. There's so many things I want to do. I'm, I'm never idle. Whether I even watch television, I'm learning. Or relaxing, and then my mind is learning in another way. I can't find the book. The book is a little tiny book about a very religious Jew who was sent into the Soviet uh, prison camp system called the... Uh, the archipelago, the concentration camps that Solzhenitsyn was in, called he named it the Gulag Archipelago. And the rabbi lived there 16 years, and he survived it, an old man. If he could survive living in the ice and the snow in Siberia and working like a devil for nothing, just for being religious, you can survive a, a Biden. So stop complaining so much that life's too hard for you. I don't want to hear it anymore from all these complaining conservatives. Get a pair of balls, for Christ's sakes. Got it. I 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 got the book. I got the book. I have so many books in this. So I don't leave this particular house. 
everything I like is, is more or less here. And my books are here. My papers are here. You know, I, I know where things are. Here's this little book, and I'm trying to send you a book. My Gulag Life, Stories of a Soviet Prisoner by Reb Mendel Futafas. I never heard of the man. It was sent to me by one of my religious friends. Yes, I read Worlds in Collision and Earth and Upheaval. It was one of the principal books of my life, Liberty 1776. I read Earth and Upheaval and Worlds in Collision. Velikovsky, one of the great minds of all time. God blessed me with much pain and heartache, and because of my time in the Gulag, many health issues. If I move my hand the wrong way, it can cause pain in another area. I learned that a person needs to be careful about every move they make. Who knows what effects it will have? Little things like that are in this little book. I'm not trying to sell you a book. I don't make any money off it. But I'm trying to tell you something. If this man could survive the Gulag Archipelago, Reb Mendel Futafas, eight years in the Soviet Gulag, 17 years separation from his family, punishment for his work in Chabad's clandestine yeshivas, released from the Soviet Union in 1963. He eventually rebuilt his life as a men mentor in Israel, where he drew on his experiences to inspire a new generation of Hasidim, my life in the Gulag. You know, all you got to do is look at the cover and you can learn from it. Oh, I don't feel good today. I didn't have my, uh... what, what didn't you have? Your pablum, 50 most influential figures of the Bible. I, I, found, I, I found this online. I haven't read it yet. Still in a wrapper. I search sometimes for obscure, even National Geographics before they became polluted by LGBTQ and people of color propaganda. Another great magazine of its time that's become nothing. Trash. It's all left-wing lies now. But I found this one. I don't even know the year it was published. I haven't opened it. I may not even open it up. I don't even know the year of this one. 50 most influential figures of the Bible. It was one copy left. I found a couple of other things. Native American. I'm very interested in Native American life. You talk about people who suffered, have their land stolen from them. I love them all screaming about Israel occupied this, Israel occupied that. They're living on stolen land from the Native American. All of the people from Harvard screaming about the apartheid Israel. They stole the land. They're living on stolen land. If they care so much about stolen land, let them give back their house that their mother gave them or the house they're living in and give it to a Native American tribe. All the college girls. And then they can move to Gaza and see how they're treated as a lesbian. Savage. Michael Savage, a host like no other. You know, people like this, and I like it. I had chores to do. And then I thought I owe the people the God talk because, you know, what do you mean? You don't want to do it? Why, you, you, you work too hard? I made a note to myself a while ago. God labors every day. Can the impure spread the word of God? Well, I guess so. That's why the Hasidim, who really are God's messengers, like me. Somebody sent me something from 2011 where they said I was my speeches are being promoted on one of their channels colive.com colive.com that's the religious channel colliv.com I, I really haven't gone on it but some of my archival talks are actually found on there are pictures of me whatever 
So, yeah, I'm very, very happy that they like me. But what can I say to you now? The accusations I have made today against various, various and sundry individuals, some famous, some not famous, unfortunately are painfully close to the truth, if not the truth itself. And for that, I do not apologize. But I will say this to you in my conclusion, in my concluding remarks, that the topic today is very seriously important, which is, is God a capitalist or a communist socialist? He's clearly a capitalist because almost every advancement or invention that has ever been created by any man on earth or any woman on earth, mainly men, were done for two reasons. One, to prove the person was better than the other person, and two, for profit. There's no other reason that a person wants to succeed or achieve something, whether it be a man on a basketball court, bouncing a ball around the other man and throwing it in the hoop. He wants to prove he's superior to the other man or the boxer wants to defeat the other man or the martial artist who wants to pin the other man to the ground and have him tap out. What's he doing it for? For socialism? He's doing it to prove he's better than the other man. That's capitalism. Capitalism. It's as simple as that. I'll put it in sports terms. What does a guy drive a racing car around a track for to prove he's better than the other person? So therefore, all achievement is capitalistic, which is why the vermin on the left who are all losers, every last one of them is a loser who can't succeed on their own. So they want to use a collective power of a mob to beat you. You can write that one down, too. They want to use the collective mob to shout you down, to beat you because they can't compete with you. That's why they like socialism, because it's a mob rule. So I think I've proven my point, 50 most influential figures of the Bible. I should be the 51st figure. It's a joke in a way. It really is in a way it isn't. I mean, after 30 books, who knows? Who's going to say I'm one of the most influential people promoting religion in the world today? Nobody. And what would I gain by it? Want to get some gold, a gold cross? They're nice, though. They're pretty nice, those gold crosses they have in the Vatican. You know, for, for, for Leninists, they know how to live. They have all that gold, that gold stuff. They haven't given any of it away. I haven't seen them give it to the poor. Have you seen them take one of those gold crosses and give it to the, any of the immigrants? Well, like they bless people in their papal jet and flood them into every country on earth and steal your life from you, your land from you, your culture from you, your borders from you. Everything is being stolen from you under the guise of compassion. And you're a bad person if you want to defend your nation? No. Many years ago, in my old days, in the 90s, I said that even a strawberry, I think I said this the other day on a YouTube piece, even a strawberry has evolved to have barbs on the berry. So why, if you look at a strawberry through a magnifying glass, actually through a magnifying glass, here's my magnifying glass. If you look at a strawberry through a magnifying glass, show your daughter, that it has barbs on the berry. And the reason it evolved barbs was to prevent insects from eating out the soft flesh of the berry. Because otherwise the berry would be eaten by insects. So it has barbs. That's why we have police. That's why we have firemen. That's why we have uh, emergency medical technicians, EMTs. That's why we have military. They're the barbs on our berries. That is why the left has defund the police, deballed the military, etc.
in order to take the barbs off our berries to let our soft flesh be eaten by the communist Leninist Maoists under this guise or that guise. Global warming, climate change, compassion for the immigrant. These are the ways of eating at the flesh of our nation. Bob's on our berries. And what I wrote at the time was ultra compassion will destroy us. Unfortunately, I was right. So what is my prediction from here on out? Maybe I should conclude with a little prediction because I don't want to leave you depressed now. Like what, what's the hope? Well, you should have a lot of hope. First of all, you can survive anything. The first thing you should know is if this old man could survive his years in the gulag, you can survive anything that's thrown at you in this country, period. So stop complaining. I don't want to hear it anymore. Toughen up. Get ready for what's coming, because what's coming is going to be a, a thousand times worse than what you could imagine, because Lenin's Pope has just started. Biden is just the tip of the iceberg of what's underneath the surface. The civil war is here. The puppet president won't be here forever. The show trials against Trump are just the beginning. The January 6th people, show trials, Trump, show trials. The censorship plot, that's why the vermin are going after Musk, because they don't want any free speech. The last channel of free speech is Twitter. The culture plot, the bankruptcy plot, Biden inflation. Of course, it's a bankruptcy plot. The chaos plot, the divide and conquer plot, the war plot. Oh, Zelensky. Remember this, and this is maybe this is the best way to end. There's no such thing as democratic socialism. If I had to put my finger on the worst person in the history of America, it would be Bernie Sanders. Because every once in a while, someone comes along who doesn't look dangerous, who's more dangerous than all the dangers that ever uh, assaulted the nation. That's Bernie Sanders. Looked like a friendly Jewish grandfather type, bumbled around, you know, disheveled shirt. But he espoused naked Leninism. And he warped the minds of millions of people, the most notable being occasional cortex. You call her something else. I forget her family name, uh, Casio complex, whatever. I call her occasional cortex because that witch, that lying witch has done more damage to the minds of young people with her YouTube appearances, you know, talking to you from a bathtub. You know, she knows how to work to me. Maybe I should talk to you from my bathtub, but I don't have her body, so I don't think it'll work. What if I was in a bathtub doing a thing like this? I might get 10 times the, the followers that I get with, with my hairy chest. Maybe that would work. A hairy chest might sell. What do I know? Maybe there are people out there with a grandfather complex and the gray hairs would sell. What do I know the world today? I think I'm going to do my next YouTube from a bathtub with soap suds. <laughs> so, um, how, oh, some Bernie Sanders. I was on a diatribe about that bum. He came along with a, a, a thing called democratic socialism. Well, I want to remind you of something. There's no such thing as democratic socialism. Bernie Sanders is a classic Trotskyite. People say Marxist. They don't quite understand that he's not. I'm trying to teach you communism 101. He's not a Marxist. He's far worse than Karl Marx. Bernie Sanders is a Trotskyite, and I suggest that you study what that means. You want to learn something? The Trotskyite Sanders has three homes. He calls himself a democratic socialist. There is no such thing. They are communists. Read the history of the Soviet communist movement. These are all enemies of the people. 
Men died in Korea and Vietnam to stop communism. Now we have Bernie Sanders, the naked Trotskyite, who has run for president twice and recently engineered the worst budget in American history, a budget that was so laden with debt that we may never recover from the interest load. This could only happen in America, the land of the free and the home of the brave. Savage. The Savage Nation. It's Savage On Demand. Ask yourself how men like Bernie Sanders, who would have been considered a seditious enemy of the state not that long ago, are now thought leaders among the young and contenders for the presidency. There's no such thing as a democratic socialism. It derives from the Communist Party of Russia. I've studied this in great detail. The party had a social democrat wing. Did you know that? Prior to the violent revolution of 1917, after which they claimed it to be the Communist Party. First, it was a social democrat wing. After the violent revolution of 1917, they claimed it to be a full communist party. Trotsky was originally a social democrat. But after the revolution was successful, he was put in charge of the military wing of the communist party and oversaw the killing of millions of fellow Russians for being counter-revolutionaries. That is what occasional cortex, that is what Black Lives Matter that's what Bernie Sanders would do to us if they ever succeeded in a violent revolution in America. Those are chilling words, right? Just ask Mao. Just ask Mao. I think the next YouTube broadcast will be my chapter 11, Advice to the Next President. But I won't do it now. It's a whole broadcast unto itself. I think I've given you a, a lot to think about thus far today. And we've yet to see National Socialism take the stage in America. The Germans saw it under Hitler. I was the first in the media to teach you that Nazi means National Socialism. Yes, I was the first. And now I am finished. Now I've got a day of chores ahead of me. Why do I do these chores? Sometimes I say, why are you doing manual stuff, menial stuff? Why are you washing your own dishes, putting them in the machine? I mean, I have a maid who comes in once a week. I could, I could have a maid around the clock. I have something wiping my behind if I want. I don't want it. Because it's the simple things that keep a man whole and sound. I told you before, Golda Meir used to clean the house before making national decisions for Israel. She said it cleared her mind to get on the furniture and dust and clean. And the time she got through cleaning, she saw things more clearly. Well, I do chores. It keeps me sound and sane. Maybe since it's God talk, I should close with a prayer. Would you like that? Yes or no? Let me see. Yes. Yes. You want a prayer to close the day? Let me get a prayer book. Local Chabad rabbi gave me a gift. He gave me a daily prayer book to sit in a large, large volume get with my name on it. I was so thrilled to get this big volume. He knows I like big books. And what it is, it's daily prayers and this and that. And I read in this book about the 13th gate, very important stuff. I guess the whole topic, I'll do it another time. Morning prayers, weekday prayers, blessings, evening prayers, Shabbat prayers, evening prayers for weekdays, uh, betrothal and marriage blessings. I could perform marriages, redemption of a firstborn son, how to make prayers for a mourner, Kaddish, index of the Torah readings, verses for people's names. It's a very beautiful book. I had my own copy of this, and I traveled the world with it. I'll show you the beat-up copy. I traveled with this version of the Holy Scriptures all my life since I've been an adult. Uh, 
And I read it a few times. I made a few notes. I remember having this in Fiji alone, collecting plants. And I was able to conduct a Passover service on my own in a house with nobody there. Did I want to be alone? No, that's where I wound up. I learned a lot from this book. I call the Bible what the great boxer told me it was, the Rock of Ages. It's not exactly the Bible. It's a daily way to get God's wisdom into your life. But I found things in this big book that I had not seen in a little book. The people who write these are so, so, such geniuses. I read about the 13th gate. Shah Hakolet. I, I, but that's for another time. I found other things in here that are worthy of ending this YouTube piece on God Talk with. I learned that we live to praise God, so we're, we're going to conclude with a psalm on today's God Talk. And I will read you rather than speak. It will be me reading this. It's a weekday psalm. You're supposed to sing it, but I have no, 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 no canters with me and no minion. I'm a man alone. A psalm, a song of dedication to the house of the house by David. That would be David. I exalt you, Lord, for you have uplifted me and did not allow my enemies to rejoice over me. Lord, my God, I cried out to you and you healed me. You healed me. Lord, you have brought up my soul from Sheol. You have kept me alive and I, that I should not descend to the pit. Sing to the Lord, you his pious ones, and praise his holy name. For his wrath endures but for a moment. When he is conciliated, there is long life. When one retires at night weeping, joy will come in the morning. In my security, I thought I shall never falter. Lord, by your favor, you have made my mountain stand strong. When you concealed your countenance, I was alarmed. I called to you, O Lord, and I made a supplication to the Lord. What profit is there in my death, in my going down to the grave? Can dust praise you? Can it proclaim your truth? Lord, hear and be gracious to me, Lord. Be a help to me. You have turned my mourning into dancing. You have loosened the cords of my sackcloth and girded me with joy. Therefore, my soul shall sing to you and not be silent. Lord, my God, I will praise you forever. What profit is there in my death? What profit is there in my going down to the grave? Can dust praise you, dear God? The Lord is king. The Lord was king and the Lord will be king forever and ever. The Lord is king. The Lord was king. The Lord will be king forever and ever. The Lord will be king or over all the earth. On that, that day, the Lord will be one and his name one. Amen. God bless America. May God save this nation from the evils that are destroying it. Thank you for listening. I appreciate your support. It's as simple as that. Have a blessed week. It's a week of family. If you're alone, just remember you're never alone. There is always God. Let's say you're alone this week. You know, well, here we go again. I have another talk now, but you're never alone. I have to do another one on Thanksgiving or around it. And I'll call it you're never alone. See, the beauty of a talk is that it leads to the next talk, but you have to stop it at a certain point. I think the next talk will be you're never alone. God is always with you. And I will sing to you. I'll get out my guitar, which I don't play. And I will sing to you. My, 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 my instrument is this. That's my instrument. My conductor is not this. My, condu my conductor is up there. But he sends his message down through here. 
and it comes out through here. Thank you very much for listening to today's podcast. I hope you've enjoyed it and you'll learn something from it. We have about 400 other episodes available for you to listen to absolutely free. You can go back into our vast library of podcasts and listen to any one of them at any time. And remember this, if you want to listen to my podcast ad-free, sign up for the Savage Premium Membership and get access to ad-free podcasts as well as some premium content from our Savage Archives. How do you sign up for those ad-free podcasts? Please visit michaelsavage.com for a link. Again, thank you for your listenership. This is Michael Savage.